Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of As Queer as a Painting. This is episode two, uh, as part of the reading drama series, where I take a comic I really like, or whatever, a book, something, section, short story, and I read through it dramatically in character. Um, this week we're reading, we're continuing our read-through of the Dynamite Comics uh, Gargoyles series, which is a new series that came out uh, starting, I think, in last December. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to read issue two. Uh, keep in mind, again, this is meant to be a companion piece to the official release of the comic. So if you're really interested in the comic, make sure to buy it. You can read along. Uh, this is not meant to be a replacement for reading the comic. It's meant to enhance it. And so without further ado, here we have Dynamite's Gargoyles, issue two, written by Greg Wiseman, art by George Kembadice. Stone by day, warriors by night, we were betrayed by the humans we had sworn to protect, frozen in stone by a magic spell for a thousand years. Now here in Manhattan, the spell is broken, and we live again. We are defenders of the night. We are gargoyles! Somehow I can sense it. Sunset approaches here in Manhattan. But until then we sleep. We sleep and we dream. My name is Angela. I dream of summer nights on the island of Avalon, where I hatched and lived in peace. I dream of my mother in all her rage. I dream of new love, warm and sweet. But all dreams, whether idle or nightmare, Come to an end when the sun retreats below the horizon, and we live again. We are Gargoyles, here in Manhattan, Chapter 2, Idle or Nightmare. Of course, the problem with sleeping through the day in a city like Manhattan. Wonder what we missed today. Brooklyn and Katana went to check the rookery before sundown. Perhaps we should see if anything happened down there. Why is everyone so obsessed with that boring egg? Aye, in my day, we left the eggs to themselves. We didn't hover about like mother hens. Can we watch Celebrity Hockey? Now you're talking, lad. I videotaped all the best episodes. Uh, I've got better things to do, too, but uh, you guys have uh, fun in the rookery. The rookery. It's still hard to believe Xanatos preserved it when he moved the castle and the clan from Scotland to Manhattan. I suppose we have my mother to thank. Demona's long-term goal was to take the castle from Xanatos and lead the clan into a new age of armed gargoyle conflict against the human race, hence her eventual need for a rookery to safeguard the clan's eggs. Though for now we only have the one, Brooklyn and Katana's second child not due to hatch for another year, and currently safeguarded by the clan's two gargoyle beasts, Bronx and Foodog. It's still pretty cool to see a gargoyle egg again. Hush now, Foo. Broadway's clan. Apologies, Foodog is still unaccustomed to trusting anyone new around Eguardo. No worries, but, uh, are you really naming the baby Eguardo? Why? Is there a problem with the name? Brooklyn, does it carry some significance in your tongue I am unaware of? Uh, don't sweat it, Katana. It's just a placeholder till that kid hatches and we get a feel for her or him. It's a joke name, isn't it? Goliath, Elisa sent word while you slept. Ooh, saved by the messenger. Don't count on it. Is she in need? Fear not, brother. She merely wanted you to know there might still be time to attend the birth of her kin. Oh, let's go, Goliath. Yes, it would do our hearts good to share in such joy. I, too, would be interested in witnessing this. <coughs> Hush now, foo. Coldfire is clan, too. And so, leaving the others to pursue their own pursuits, the four of us departed to welcome a new life into this world.
but new life is not what we found. They all like this when clones wake from stone. We not know what happened. And we didn't know what to do. Miss Dracon, they're sending out old Dee Dee now. I think what you meant to say, Joseph, is that they are bringing out my grandfather, Dominic Draken, a man who has earned more respect than you'll gonna in your lifetime. Uh, right, sorry. Just get the cot, Joey. Right, sorry. Tony, honey, now aren't you a sight for sore eyes? Papa, please, I've asked you not to call me Tony. That's my brother's name. My name is Antoinette. Mr. Dracon, Travis Marshall, WVRN. I just have a couple of questions. For me, I'm not sure what I can tell you. Who did you say you were? Why are you bothering an old man? Tony, what's going on? You said I could go home today. You promised. It's all right, Papa. We are going home. See? Here's the car. Everything will be fine, okay? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Here's the car. That was Dominic Dracon, just released from Bellevue Hospital. After lawyers for the Dracon family claimed he was suffering from dementia and thus cannot be held responsible for any prior criminal behavior or actions. I'm getting mighty tired of putting on the dotty old man act, kid. The lawyers think it's important, Papa. Ah, uh, we'll see. Hey, pal Joey, what's the word from glasses? The crew's holding its own against Dane and Broad's guys. But everything's kind of on hold until, uh, well, Dino. Mmm, Dino. What are we going to do about Uncle Dino? I don't know, Tony. I just don't know. Stop calling me Tony! Elisa, are you... <coughs> I'll be fucking... What happened here? Gas. Some kind of knockout gas. But before that, everything was fine. I'm here. I brought Dr. Sato. Happy to help. And honored to be included, but I've told you before, I'm a trauma surgeon, which is not what Maggie needs. Not to worry, I've been a midway for nigh on a thousand years. Thanks for coming, Mary. Of course, dearie, any friend of Brooklyn's, you know. Now, let's make you as comfortable as possible, love. I left a message on Mom and Dad's machine. Thanks. Coldfire, do you read? Yes, Alisa, I am um, read you. Great. Can you give Goliath a message when he wakes up? Tell him the baby isn't here yet. If Goliath comes as soon as he wakes, he might even be in time for the birth. I will inform him. Thanks. Signing off. Is Goliath coming? As soon as he can, I'm sure. He will take us flying? <coughs> What's going on? Who are you? <coughs> How to get Maggie out. Oh. Enough talk. Don't you see? Maggie's gone! Wait, wait. Mary's missing too. They must have taken her to keep Maggie safe, right? Safe for how long? Goliath, we have to find them. We will, I promise you. Who else knew Maggie was having a baby? The whole clan knew. But none of us would do this. No, but there is one other. How'd the old man seem? I mean, just how many marbles does Gramps have left? That was all an act, Tony. He's as sharp as ever. And worried about what happens when Uncle Dino gets out tomorrow. Yeah, the whole city should be worried about that. What do we do? Not much I can do from in here, but... Talk to Glasses. Maybe together he and our sharp-as-ever grandfather can figure out a way to contain Uncle D. And if they can't? Then Manhattan burns, sister. Then Manhattan burns. Ugh. 
What, what happened? Do not focus on the immaterial, madam. You have a patient to attend to. My patient, Maggie! I, I'm all right, I think. Of course, your love. You're a right trooper, I know it. She's fine. Now get on with this. What do you think you're about here? I, uh, uh, well, uh, Brentwood. Ha! Ha, now you'll remember your place. Oh, please, do you think to intimidate me with this wee gargoyle? And who are you anyway? Why are you dressed like a mad scientist? I am Dr. Anton Sevarius. Oh! Ah, what kind of a doctor does what you've done? All my deliveries take place in a test tube. Traditional childbirth is not my area of expertise. Common sense is not your area of expertise either, apparently. Enough comic relief. We brought you here to help us out. Do that and perhaps I'll let you live. So a consensus was reached as to the guilty party behind these abductions. So a consensus was reached as to the guilty par- So a consensus was reached as to the guilty party behind these abductions. Cold fire had revealed that Owen Burnett was listening when Elisa spoke of Maggie's pending delivery. If anything has happened to them. And we all know who employs Owen Burnett. Xanatos! Ah, Derek. Always good to see you. I understand you're expecting joyful news. You dare mock me! Tell me where my wife and child are. Tell me now, Xanatos, or I will end you. The idol we had hoped for had been overthrown, and although... The idol we had hoped for had been overthrown, and although a slim chance of achieving the dream remains, I fear what this reverie now promises. Next, The Nightmare. Okay, so that was the, uh, that was the second issue. I liked a lot of stuff in here. I think the pacing of it is really brisk. So we kind of jump around from location to location really quickly. There's a lot of kind of awkward dialogue like uh katana and brooklyn went to the rookery let's go see what happened down there when they went down last night like it's it, it just sort of seems logistically odd to me um but that's not a big deal that's not like a, a harsh criticism i really think the hudson uh ganashville nashville relationship is really cute grandpa and grandson um sort of hanging out watching <laughs> watching bad television that's really adorable uh, it, it goes to show that you can, you can write child characters in a way that's sort of engaging and endearing without, you know, I think if you don't do too much with the child character, like have them saving the day or whatever, they're just, they're just there as part of the sort of minutia of the world. I think that works much better. The sort of a conversation people have when they're talking about action comics and, uh, genre stories and stuff. Angela's narration was really nice. Uh, it was pleasant. Bit placid, but uh, very poetic. Very nice. I don't know if it really gave us a lot of insight. I felt like the first issue gave us a lot of insight into who Elisa is, even as a even as a like longtime viewer or yeah, longtime viewer, longtime reader, longtime fan. I felt like I, I learned something about Elisa's mindset with this. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't really think it it really made Angela pop. I actually I was sort of resistant to it at first when I read this. A, a few months ago when it came out, but I actually really like the, the Dracon family stuff. 
in the old show, they were always kind of like the B villains. There wasn't a lot to them. Uh, they were just sort of, they were there, there, there was some intrigue with them, but ba basically they were there as a, a means to an end. They were, they were a threat. They were, they're criminals there to tell, you know, Elisa stories of her as a cop day-to-day -day stuff. But I, I actually really like the, uh, Ant Antoinette, right? Antoinette, uh, and DD, uh, scenes. Those were fun. Um, I'm not sure I buy into the idea that this like random mobster is just like going to burn the town down. Like it, it just seems a bit, uh, it seems a little underwhelming when we've seen like Oberon attack the Yuri tower. It's just hard to build. It's hard to build that sort of, uh, suspense. If you are a longtime fan and you're like, well, you know, <laughs> they've beaten Oberon, they've beaten Demona, they've beaten Xanatos, but like, no, this guy, this gangster, he's the, he's the guy. He's really going to be a big threat. Uh, but we'll see. Maybe he'll live up to this, 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 I, I, what I think is, I think is overplayed. I think the, the buildup to, to Dino as a bad guy is a little, a little too much. I don't know if we needed two scenes where people were talking about what a, you know, what a bad guy he is, but neither here nor there, really. Uh, I mean, I always love Savarius. It's a lot of fun to do, like a Tony, uh, not Tony J, Tim Curry, like a Tim Curry uh, riff. Uh, you can, and, and the dialogue is great. The dialogue, you can really hear his voice in the dialogue, which is super cool. Um, Xanatos. And Xanatos is like the best character in Carwells, honestly. Anytime he's involved, whatever's going on, whatever story it is, is just elevated like tenfold just by his presence alone. Uh, just because he's so cool. And you always, you never really know where he stands, but you kind of always do know where he stands and you, and uh, things kind of come together with him. And he's, he's just really charming. And again, like he elevates every scene, even this like tiny little bit where he has two lines of dialogue. I just thought that that scene really popped. He just has really good complimentary energy to whatever character he's sharing a scene with. And that's awesome. Uh, again, I really like Coldfire. I like uh, I like seeing more of her. Um, I don't know where Coldstone was in this story. I guess he's just not here. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess Coldfire came to deliver a message and then, <laughs> and then she just decided to, you know, come along. Um, I really like I actually really like Katana, too. Uh, when I say I actually really like something, that's not meant to be... By the way, I understand how that could tonally sound like I'm I'm, I'm putting it down and saying, like, actually, I really like it, but that, that's not what I mean. Uh, anyway, uh, I thought uh, I thought, I thought the, the bit between her and Brooklyn was a little bit old school, like, you know, kind of like a trashy sitcom, but I, I think performing it, uh, I liked it a lot more. I think it. I think it plays better when you have, you have it happening vocally because you can have that like snappy back and forth. I think it it reads a little. I'm, this is not me trying to praise myself. I mean, it could be any actor. I just I just think uh, that sort of uh, back and forth drama plays better with actors. Uh, that's all I mean. So there's a reference to Demona here at the beginning, setting her up uh, in the previews. We know she's coming back, <laughs> so. Just a little seed there for people who don't know who she is to maybe get a sense for who she is and without having to do too much too much work to establish her. Uh, again, the art is great. George Cambadice, whose name I mispronounced last week. It's Cambadice, not Cambadeus. I thought it was like a dais, like a 
uh, an altar, but no, it's George Cambadice. So, uh, yeah. He did a really good job. All the characters seem really clear. One thing I don't like about the art, there's only one thing I don't really like, and that's that some of the characters like Savaria. Savaria doesn't really quite look like himself, and I think that's mostly down to the style. Savarius is a very geometric character, I would say. He's very lots of lots of rectangles and uh Cambodice's style is a little softer, a little rounder, and I don't think he translates quite as well. Uh same with Travis Marshall. He's very very square, very blocky because he's wearing a suit. Um but that minor criticism, everything else is so great. I love the color palette. I love the the lighting effects he's done. Uh, outside Bellevue, if you look on page 10, that is so neat. Um, it feels very like, I don't know, if you, it feels like the gates of heaven or something. I don't, I don't know what that means symbolically, but it's, uh, it's really cool. Um, yeah. So that's it. Good issue. I, I think uh, as things adapt, hopefully Greg will have time to develop some of these ideas more. This is still a lot of setup, but it was really enjoyable, and I liked it. And yeah, so if you have the opportunity, go grab it. It's on Amazon. I think most comic stores carry it, or at least they'll order it for you. So yeah, uh, I hope you enjoyed listening to me read through the comic. I hope you enjoyed my review. And I'll see you next time when we read Gargoyles number three, which is the conclusion of this little mini arc. So stay cool. <laughs>